0: Amen. If you turn your Bibles, please, to the book of uh, the book of Luke, chapter 12, begin with verse number one uh this morning. Uh verse number one of chapter 12 uh says this. It says, In the meantime, when so many thousands of people were gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples, first, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. You know, in this, he's bringing some uh some powerful uh images into our minds, some pictures that he wants us to uh, to, uh, to think about. First of all, he says again, while many thousands of people were beginning to gather uh, together, uh, we remember this in chapter 11 and uh, verse 29, I believe it was, he was beginning to see all these people beginning to gather and to follow Jesus. And he really began to do something that seemed sort of counterproductive. He seemed to be wanting to whittle out the crowd because he knew there were so many people that weren't there for the right reasons or who really didn't understand what was going on or what was taking place. And so he says while so many of these thousands of people were gathering together, there's these big, massive crowds, he began to say. In other words, he was starting to give a warning, a sense of instruction, to his disciples first. And what was this warning that he wanted his disciples, the ones who were truly following him, to be aware of? And he said he wanted them to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And he gives two powerful word images uh, word images that I think that are impar- important for us to understand. He says, first, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Now, what is leaven? Well, I want us to think about this image in, uh, in this certain way. Now, I've got, uh, we're going to have some fun today. Because I, uh, I bought us some balloons here. Now, I want you to look, look, look closely at these two balloons. All right, Mary, you see? See the two balloons? Balloon here, balloon here. Got that? All right, I'll come over this side. Make sure everybody's awake over here. Y'all see these two balloons? we got one over here, one over here. Now, I want y'all to tell me which one of these balloons is bigger. This one or this one? All right, who thinks it's this one? Hey, all right, who thinks it's this one? Nobody. Well, let me show you something uh, very important here. Where's Allie at? Come here, Allie. I'll let you do the honors. I want you to pop that balloon. Come on. Come on. Give it a good stab. Come on. Come on. Come on. Here, you hold and I'll stab. You don't want to have... You want to stab? <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Hey! Well, yeah. Here, go stab somebody else. Here, you keep that. <laughs> now I want y'all to tell me which one of these balloons is bigger. The reality is they are the same size, and Brother Mark was right on to it. And when you think about it, Jesus says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. What is leaven? Well, uh, back then when they made uh, bread, uh, yeast was really kind of hard to come by, and it was pretty expensive. So what they would do is they would uh, have some yeast, and they would make up some bread. But before they uh, baked up the bread, they would take a piece of that dough and, uh, and set it aside. And so when they were ready to make more bread, they would get some uh, uh, unleavened dough and they would take that little bit of leaven and they would mix it in there. And so the leaven, in a sense, is being wary of the yeast of the bread. And what does the yeast do? What the yeast does, it creates gas and it takes this bit of dough and it makes it look bigger. It inflates it. But in reality... It is actually the same size as when it was started, except for the air. And he says, I want you to beware of the hot air of the Pharisees. I want you to be aware of the hot air of, of, uh, of the preachers. I want you to be willing of the things that the people who would actually maybe look more spiritual than you, but are actually on the same level. He said, I want you to be wary of doing the things that make you look bigger, that make you look more spiritual, but actually aren't. And so he wants us to get that picture of leaven in our hearts and our minds. In the second word picture, he says, which is hypocrisy. And he wants us to think about this word hypocrisy and what it means. And the word hypocrisy creates in our mind another word image because another word, form of this word is the word hypocrotes and what is the hypocrotes well these were masks that people would wear that at greek theaters and so when they would come in and they would have these great greek theaters they would need a someone to be a lion all right? And they didn't have any lions, so they needed somebody that wanted to look like a lion. And so this person would come, and they would put on a mask to make them look like a lion. And so they paraded out that, on that stage, pretending, wanting everybody else to think that they were a lion, but in reality, they were not lions, and in reality, they had no intention of being a lion. But when we think about the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, I want us to think about beware of the masks of the Pharisees. And so, in other words, in this verse, he says, I want you to be wary of the hot air, of the inflated, the things that look like spirituality that the Pharisees that are putting on, but are actually masks. They are masks that they put on to make themselves look more spiritual, than they actually are and jesus would say to us this morning to his disciples i want us to be weary of the masks that we put on to make us look like that we have a level of relationship with jesus that we actually don't and so we come to ask ourselves this morning what usually makes us put on the masks What usually makes us to do the easy things that makes us look on the outward more religious than we actually are? And these are the things that Jesus is going to talk about in here in these next verses. So let's continue picking up reading in verse number 2. It says, Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be uh, known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you, have worsh- I mean, what you have whispered in the private room shall be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after, uh, and after that have nothing more than they can do. But I will warn you uh, whom to fear. Fear whom whom after has killed has authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are you not five sparrows sold for uh, two pennies? And are not one of them forgotten before God? Why even the hair on your heads are all numbered? Fear not, you are more valuable than many sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men and the Son of Man also will acknowledge him before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about what you should, about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in the very hour that you ought to stay. Why did the Pharisees wear masks? Why did they want to make themselves out- outwardly? more religious than they actually are. Why do you and I wear masks? Well, Jesus tells it plainly, it's because of our fear. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the things that you bless us with. Lord, and we pray, Lord, that is these words, Lord, that we are assured in our hearts. Lord, that you know who we are. And Lord, there should be no fear in our heart because you love us just as we are. And so, Lord, as we talk through these verses this morning, Lord, I pray that you encourage each and every one of us to take off the masks and be honest with one another about who we are and the struggles that we have. Lord, and that we know that through you we should have no fear, Lord, but we should be open to face whatever you bring before us, knowing that you are there with us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Fear, what are the things that we are afraid of? Well, first thing, I'm afraid of getting too hot because that heat's starting to feel warm on me. But well, what are some of the things that we are afraid of as Christians? What are the things that are causing us to want to maybe put on those masks and not really show exactly who it really is? Well, the first thing he tells us that we are afraid of, and I'm sure all of us feel this sense of fear in our hearts and our life, and that is the fear of being exposed. The things of being, uh, the things about our life being made public. The things that we try to hide from other people to be made known. That people actually understand us for who we are. To understand the things to to which we've done. To for us to understand that our insecurities about our abilities are the insecurities about our inabilities. I know, growing up, there's a lot of things that uh that I couldn't do, and there's like a lot of games that I really couldn't participate very well. And uh, so I didn't really want to be a part of those because I didn't really want people to know exactly how bad I was at that thing, either whether it be that game or whether it be that skill. So I'd want to sort of hide away. I'd really want to start to not make myself known and not participate and run away with that thing because I didn't want myself to be exposed. And a lot of times when, uh, when maybe you are an athlete, you want to you wanna do things that you are capable of doing. You want to come in and you want to beat be people who are, who are worse than you because you don't want yourself to be exposed. You want the, the, your slowness to be exposed. You don't want your lack of agility to be exposed. You just don't want your faults to be exposed where everybody can see them. And because of that fear of being exposed, we will hide behind masks. But what does Jesus say? He says, look, I want you to know that, you know, uh, nothing that covered up will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in the private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetop. For those of us, who are putting on the mask because we don't want our fellow church people to know exactly the struggles that we have in our heart, in our life. Jesus wants us to know that we should take off that mask because there is someone who can see us. There's someone who knows who we are. You know, a lot of times we try to hide things and we think that we're hiding and people do not know. But I assure you, not only does God knows, but I assure you more of us can know and more of us can tell about what your weaknesses are than probably what you think. And so what Jesus says for us that we should come before him and we should come before willing to confess and really to admit who we are, because one day those things are going to be exposed. One day I'm going to stand before God, and He is going to reveal all those things that I thought were hidden. And I pray that we, when we are all standing before the Lord, and I have to stand before Him and give Him an account, I hope none of you are behind me, I hope we're not of y'all where it can be heard because I don't want you to hear things that that, uh, you would say, man, I didn't know that. Or to hear things, well, uh, he never really told us that. You know, because we never really were honest with each other to reveal what it really is our heart is and our struggles are and our temptations are. But Jesus says, I want you to know that everything that you think is a secret is going to be made known. So he says, take off the mask. Take off the mask and accept yourself for who you are. Reveal yourself for your strongnesses and your weaknesses. Because not only do I know, but one day everyone's going to know. So take off that mask. They didn't want to be revealed. We don't want our hearts to be shown. We don't want our flaws to be shown because we're so afraid what people will have to say. But Jesus says, you know what? It's time to take off the mask. The second thing that we are afraid of is not only where we are afraid of being exposed for who we are, but we're also afraid of people, aren't we? Well, Mark talked about that. Sometimes we're just afraid of people. Listen to what he says. I tell you, my friend, my friends, It says, do not fear those who kill the body, and after uh, having nothing more than they can do. But I will warn you about whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast you into hell. For yes, I tell you, fear him. And so really, the impetus is not only is our fear of being exposed, but maybe morally of what he's he's uh, saying is for us to be exposed as Christians and who we are and what we believe because we don't want that to be known among people because we are afraid of what they may say. We're afraid of what they may do. We know that we have a message that is counter to what the world believes. We know that what we speak and what we believe and what we hold true to is not what the politicians are holding to, not what the powers of be are holding on to, not what the popular educators are calling to. So we want to sort of keep that into ourselves because we are afraid of what those people will do to us. So we don't really want to speak up. We don't really want to be made known. We hide behind the mask of little platitudes. We hide the mask of generalities. And we hide behind the mask of when we are in the church group, we say certain things. But when we are away and we're out there amongst the people, then we say, no, we don't really know Jesus. Or we're really more quiet about it because we are afraid of those people. Because some of those people that we are afraid of, some of those people who we encounter have power to do things to us. We're afraid of saying things to our bosses because we know that maybe if he doesn't like my beliefs or the things that I stand for, I may lose my job. And so we're afraid of that consequence so we don't say anything. We're afraid to say things in the public square, because we're afraid of what the government can do to us, and the government can do many things to us, and they can do powerful things to us, we're afraid of our friends and saying things to our friends and our friends, and because we're afraid of what our friends can do to us. They can ostracize us, and we can find ourselves without those friends. And because we have that so that fear in our hearts and our lives, we just want to hide behind the bushes, and we just want to put on the mask. And what does Jesus say to us? You want to be afraid of people. I tell you the people and I tell you the person you should be afraid of. He said, don't be afraid of those people who can kill the body and after that do nothing. And so he's not minimizing your concerns. He's not minimizing or saying, you know what, as a Christian, you can go through life and you can proclaim Jesus Christ and nobody can do nothing to you. He's affirming the reality that you should be concerned and that you should be aware that in life, you're going to find consequences and you may find backlashes from those people around you. And they may do things to you even to the point that they may actually kill you. But after that, they can do nothing. And so if we're saying I need to be afraid of somebody, I don't need to be afraid of those people who could just do things upon this earth. I need to be afraid of, and I need to think about the opinion of the one who, after I am dead, has the power to cast me into hell, who has the authority. In other words, if we want to be afraid of someone to a point that we need to care about what they think about our actions and what we say that person we need to be afraid of is Jesus. And so as we go through these decisions... Where I think about, am I going to be real about my belief in Jesus Christ? Am I going to speak out for him? And am I going to live the way that he wants me to? Am I going to proclaim in truth the things that he revealed to me? Or am I going to cower down? I need to think about whose opinion I'm more worried about because Jesus tells us in another place that we can't love the world and love God. We can't serve both money and serve God. We have to make a decision between those on this side and those on this side, who are we more afraid of? Whose opinion are we more worried about? And so he wants us to do something in our life. He wants us to be aware that God's opinion matters, not just the world. And so he says, you know what? If you're going to be afraid, this is who you need to be afraid of. But a lot of times we think, we think about that word fear, that, man, we should be afraid of God. And we do those things for wanting to avoid punishment, of wanting to avoid things. He wants to tell us the difference between God and the world because after he says the one who has authority to cast you in the and to hell. He wants us to give us another perspective about God. Listen to what he says, and he says uh, in verse number six, he says, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and no one of them is forgotten before God? Why, why even the hairs on your head are all numbered? Fear not, for they are more valuable than sparrows. He wants to contrast his self for the people of the world. Because even while we may have the fear of the Lord, but he wants us to know that not only do we have that sense of fear, but we also have that sense that God cares about us. And I want to give you some heartbreaking news. Those people out there in the world, those politicians, they don't care about you. All those friends that you think that are out there who think you love you. Deep down inside, they care more about themselves than they care about you. You have all these these bosses that you have and all these works. They don't care about you. The only one who truly cares for you, the one who truly knows you is concerned about you. And so when we think about whose side we need to be on, whose opinion we need to worry about, not only do we need to ask ourselves who we should fear, but we need to ask ourselves who it is that deep down ultimately cares for us. And notice how he tells us, he said, aren't five sparrows sowed for a penny? You know, these little birds, he says that doesn't God know each and every one of them? So God knows all the sparrows, so he knows each and every one of us. And so you're not just on the map. You're just not a statistic in the way that the world would think about you. You're just not a registered voter. You're not just a a gear in the cog, but you are someone that is known personally by God who you are for your strength and your weaknesses and is cared for. And not only does he know you individually, but he knows you intimately. He even knows the number of hairs on your head. Just think about that. He knows you more than the hairs on your head. He knows their number. Now, some of you, it might be pretty easy to count the hairs on your head because there aren't that many left. Some of you, that number may be zero. But, uh, but some of us may even have more. But he really knows us to a certain level in that certain intimate detail. And that's the way to which that God Cares for us, and so we make a decision. We make a decision in life who it is that we're going to follow because we know in this world. And Jesus says, I know in this world, if you are in my disciple, the things that you do, the things that you say, and the things that you're going to believe are going to bring you in opposition. And it's going to bring conflict in your life. And the temptation is going for you to be to hide out. The temptation is going for you to be putting on the mask. The temptation is going to you to look one way and act another. But I want you to consider what it really means to be a part of God's kingdom. The part of one that not only has jurisdiction upon this world, but has jurisdiction in the afterlife who not only is someone who you should fear, but also someone who cares deeply for you. We're all afraid. We're all afraid of people, what people think, what people say, and what they can actually do to us. But Jesus wants us to know to put those fears aside because when we speak out for him, the God who knows us and cares for us Is watching over us. And even though that we face the opposition, and even though we face the persecution, and even though that we face the backlash, because of our trust and belief in Jesus Christ, He doesn't leave us alone. And He's constantly watching over us. So there's no need for us to be afraid. So we're afraid of being exposed. We're afraid of people. And this is something that probably uh, resonates to all of us here in this church, uh, and that is that we are afraid to speak. We are afraid to speak. Listen to what he tells us in, um, in verse number 8. He says, I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, and the, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about what you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. We're afraid to speak. We're afraid to open our mouths. We're afraid to engage ourselves in in a contact, in a, in communication with people. And why are we afraid? We are afraid to speak because we are afraid of how people will react. We're afraid of what people will say. And everybody knows about those knots that come in our mind when it comes for us to uh, to speak. And uh, even though I, someone who has who has uh, stood in pulpits and preached for a very, very long time. It's a nerve-wracking thing every morning because you're afraid of speaking because you're afraid of how people are going to react to what it is that you have to say. And a lot of times when you come across scriptures and when you come across things that are difficult to talk about because you know that there are people who in your congregation who are going through those things— and you're just really concerned about how they're going to react. You're concerned that they're going to feel singled out. You're concerned that they're going to have a backlash. And so it's a lot of times that brings me into temptation that I should pull back on what is said, that I should cover it up and not speak as much to it because I'm afraid of those things. And the same is true in our life. We are afraid to speak because we are afraid about what people will think about what we're saying. And I know that brings a great anxiety on a lot of people when you want to talk uh, in the church, whether it be to read a Bible verse in Sunday school or whether to pray in public. We all get nervous and we all get concerned. A lot of people, that fear leads them not to do it because they're afraid of how people will react. They're afraid of what people will say. They're afraid of getting those words wrong. They're afraid of, of people laughing at them and so it causes them to not speak. And when we encounter ourselves in the world in that we're in our daily lives or maybe we're uh, at Walmart trying to find bread in the pet section and, um, and, and, we're, and we encounter somebody and we want to have a conversation to them and we're thinking about, hey, do I need to say something about Jesus? Do I need to communicate in some way my testimony? And we, we cower from saying because we don't know how those people are going to react we, we, free, we are so afraid of their reaction, it paralyzes to, our, to a point where we don't want to say anything. And I know all of us are being there because we're afraid of what people think. But what Jesus wants to, again, he wants us to give us a warning. In other words, Jesus is not only uh, doing two things. He's giving us an a, uh, exhortation and he's going to give us a comfort. And he's doing those in all, these sensu- in all these situations. He's giving us an exhortation. In other words, he's giving us a push. He's trying to push us to get us to do something. Like a lot of times, uh, you've got you know, your kids or, you, or your spouse, you want them to do something, and they're just kind of sitting there. So you want to give them a push. You, know, you want to get them a nudge to kind of get them going. That's an exhortation. But he also wants to give them a comfort. In other words, he knows that this is hard for us to do. So he wants to give us a word of comfort and and, and encouragement. And that is, in a sense, that Jesus wants to put words that sort of wrap his arms around us and let us know it's going to be okay because he understands that these things are hard. So first he gives us that push. He says, you're thinking about not talking, but let me give you a reason why you need to not be afraid and that you need to be talked." that you need to talk, because if you are ashamed of me, and that's what happens, that's what shame is, that we're afraid of what these people may think about us, so we are ashamed of what we're talking about, so we don't want to speak it. So if you're ashamed of me in public, then I'm going to be ashamed of you in public. If you are afraid to speak on my behalf amongst your friends and amongst all these other people, I'm going to be ashamed to speak of you amongst the angels in heaven. So we have a relationship with God, and our relationship kind of works both ways. If we're ashamed of God, he's going to be ashamed of us. If we are proud for God, God is going to be proud for us. And so we need to think about the consequences of our silence. Because as the, word, the, the phrase that you hear so many times now, silence is violence. And when you miss that opportunity to speak that word of God, then you are missing that opportunity that God is giving you to share with that other person. And you think about our lives. We could talk to that person about sports all day long. We could talk about that news all day long with that person. We could talk about what's going on with our kids all day long with that person. But we shudder to think about speaking to that person about something so important as our relationship with Jesus Christ and the condition of their hearts. So when you're thinking about being silent, Jesus exhorts us. He gives us that push. Think about the consequences. But then he wants to wrap his arms around us and let us know that when we speak, we don't need to be afraid of saying the wrong thing. Because isn't that a lot of times what we're afraid of about speaking? We're afraid that we're going to say the wrong thing. Isn't that the reason why we don't want to uh, uh, read Scripture in public? Because we're afraid that we're going to stutter and we're going to get the words wrong. And uh, <laughs> if you read me, heard me read Scripture long enough at this church, you know I'm not afraid of that. I ain't afraid of getting that word wrong. I'll just run over and keep going. And uh, are you uh, afraid of when you're praying that you're not going to say the right words, that you're not going to do the, to do the right things? And so that kind of heats us and that, that uh, kind of keeps us from wanting to, to speak out. But he wants to give us a word of comfort. And he wants to give us a word of encouragement. And that is this. Listen to what he says. Um, listen to what he says in verse number 10. He says, And every war who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And here he's kind of blending two things together because he's saying that, you know, uh, that there's opportunity for forgiveness when we get things wrong. There's opportunities for forgiveness when we do things wrong. And God knows that in our encounters of, uh, of people, a lot of times we're going to give in to that fear and we're going to disobey God. We're going to not get the words right. We're not going to get the things right. We're going to choose to be silent. But he wants us to know that there is forgiveness for that. And so for every blasphemy or for every harsh word or everything that we would negatively attribute to Jesus, those things would be forgiven. But he says those who blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, those things will not be forgiven. And so I guess we got to talk about that for a second. What does it mean to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? Well, we don't know exactly what that would be uh, or what that would mean, but the word blasphemy means to slander. It means to revile. It means to speak evil against, like you would slander someone, that you would go to that person, and you would attribute things to that person that they have not done, that you would call them things that aren't true. That is what blasphemy is. And so a lot of times we say things that aren't true about Jesus. A lot of times we reject his word and we know that those things are forgiven. But what would it mean to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? And that would be, in a sense, to reject him. That would mean to say that what he is doing is actually not good, but it is evil. And when we may not not process exactly what that means, what Jesus wants us to understand is that failure in our relationship with Jesus is forgive was able to be forgiven but when we reject the holy spirit's call for salvation in our life that wouldn't be forgiven and i know there's a lot more to be uh, understood about that and a lot more that uh that we don't understand but that's the word he wants us to give that we don't have to worry about getting words right are wrong because we have forgiveness in our failure. We don't need to beat ourselves up about those opportunities that we miss because there's forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And he gives us another encouragement is that we don't have to worry about getting the things right because Jesus says that when, I, when you, they drag you before the Sanhedrin, when you speak before the rulers, when they say, look, I've had enough of what you are, are, are talking about, and they bring you before those, uh, those courtrooms, and when they bring you among all those religious uh, leaders, he says, don't worry about what it is that you're going to say, because the Holy Spirit in that moment will give you what to say. Now, that doesn't mean an excuse for us to not study and to be ready, because we should study the Word of God, and we should think in our hearts, and we should be like Peter and always be prepared to give a a reason for the hope that we have in ourselves. But you know, every situation that God brings us to, and every person that we encounter, there's a different way to handle it. Even though that you may know all the answers, you know, there may be something specific that that person needs to hear, something that would communicate in their hearts, in their lives. And it's those things, those individual things that are important in communicating with individual people is what the Holy Spirit will give to you to know the right things to say at the right time. And so when we are worried about not speaking because we're worried about saying the wrong things or what people will have to say, we trust in that moment that the Holy Spirit will lead us. And so we're willing to overcome the fear and open our mouths. You know, fear is a part of all of our lives. And it doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter how great you you you, uh, you think you are. Fear is a part of all of our lives. We always feel those tinging things when we approach somebody about what may happen or this and that. And so those feelings will never go away. We'll always have that sense of fear when we approach those situations. But the fear that we're talking about this morning is the fear that paralyzes you. That when you th- feel those things are in your heart and your life, it causes you to not do anything and to let that moment pass. It's when we allow those feelings in our hearts and in our lives paralyze us to a point where we don't do anything. And that's what Jesus warns us about. He says he tells us to not be afraid, to not be afraid of what to say, not be afraid of, wanting, uh, of of people, to not be afraid of being exposed for who you are. Jesus says that there's greatness. There's a great hope for us when we're willing to lay our lives before him who are ready and willing to be who we are right now and who Christ has made us to be, the real us. He says, you know what? You don't need a mask. You don't need to be pretend that something, to be something or someone that you're not. He says, you should be willing to take off that mask and be who you are because the one whose opinion matters knows everything about you. Who He knows every sin in every false thing that is about you, in every flaw, but yet he still loves you and he still cares for you. It's no reason for us to put on the mask and hide from other people because there's one who is greater than them, who loves us and cares for us and he guides us. And there's no reason for us to put on the mask and hide behind just simple words and avoiding things, but we should be willing to speak Speak Jesus to other people around us because we trust the Holy Spirit to guide and use our words. And if the Lord can speak through a donkey, he can sure speak through you. So let's take off the mask. Let's not be afraid, but let's be real. Let's be real about who we are and be willing to speak it. And let's be real about what Jesus means to our heart and our lives and be willing to share it with everyone who is around us. Let's pray. Hey, Father, we thank you so much for this day that you've given us, for all the things that you bless blessed us with. Lord, we're grateful for the one who knows us most of all, and yet loves us more than any. Loves us to the point that you came and died on the cross for our sins. Lord, we pray that we shake off the fear this morning fear of other people the fear of what people may say the fear of not wanting to speak but we take on the fear of you the one who watches us and who knows us and judges us but also the comfort of the one who guides us and cares for us and leads us and shows us what to say in jesus name i pray amen